afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the Midweek Report. I'm your host, JWR. First, the nation observed President's Day on February 20th this week. Uh, the history of George Washington's birthday, much like the nation, goes back hundreds of years and has a complex history. The holiday has its roots in the late 1870s when Arkansas Senator uh, Stephen Wallace Dorsey uh, proposed making George Washington's birthday a bank holiday. The bill was proposed, or popular one, and was uh, was a popular one, and was signed into law by then President Rutherford B. Hayes on January 31st, 29. President's Day became the first federal holiday to recognize an individual's birth date, which was an honor held until Martin Luther King Jr. Day was uh, instituted. It was also the only holiday other than Christmas to be celebrated by every single state. However, the holiday, which fell on Washington's birthday of February 22nd, uh, did not remain untouched. In 1968, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Uniform Holiday Bill into law, shifting the dates of many federal holidays to give Americans more three-day weekends over the year. Among them was Washington's birthday, which was then and now observed on the third Monday in February. Uh, While a provision recognizing other presidents such as Abraham Lincoln and Thomas Jefferson was overturned in Congress, the idea stuck and the holiday became informally known as President's Day. The day is celebrated in different fashions by Americans from historical reenactments to car and mattress sales. However, as President George W. Bush remarked, on what would have been Washington's 27th birthday, or 275th birthday, sorry. The legacy of the first U.S. president lasts even today. Next, <clears throat> Microsoft founder Bill Gates admitted the Omicron variant has created a high level of natural immunity in the world. He recently made these comments at a security uh, conference. Gates added the risk of infection has decreased dramatically while citing multiple surveys conducted in Africa. The former Microsoft CEO described the Omicron variant as a type of vaccine while also calling the revelation sad. Sadly, the virus itself, particularly the variant called Omicron, is a type of vaccine, he stated. That is, it creates both B-cells and T-cells immunity, and it's done a better job getting out to the world population than we have with vaccines. Despite this, Gates emphasized the need for pharmaceutical companies to speed up vaccine distribution. Next, following a recall on three members on San Francisco's school board, the city's mayor said they failed as children and became distracted by politics. During an interview on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday, Mayor London Breed said the board members were not doing their fundamental job. In this particular case, the board neglected their primary responsibility to focus on other things, uh, she stated. Other things that are important, but not as significant as what they were there to do, and that is to educate children. Parents were upset, the city as a whole was upset, and the decision to recall school board members was a result of that. The recall effort came amid controversy regarding extended coronavirus shutdowns of schools and the board members' attempts to rename 44 schools they said honored figures promoting racism, including George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, among several other progressive policies. They are so... Uh, they are so... Uh, sorry. 
E-G-R-E-G-I-O-U-S-L-Y. Incompetent. So we need to get them out now. And we have and we have the voters have spoken, said recall supporter Paulina Fre- uh, Fair. Former school board president Gabriela Lopez previously blamed white supremacy for her losing her post while claiming she was punished for fighting for racial justice. However, the mayor said they have failed the city's children. Reed hidefully highlighted uh, this is not a political issue, but an issue about education. He added, at the end of the day, kids were not in school and when they sh- kids were not in school when they should have been. I'm going to be looking for people that are going to focus on the priorities of the school districts and not on politics and not on what it means to run for office and stepping stones, uh, Breed explained, and so on and so forth. We need people who want to be on the school board to make a difference and who meet those qualifications to do the job. Breed said the fundamental problem is getting kids back into the classroom and the board members were were focusing on other matters that were clearly a distraction. Next, Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker recently emphasized the impact Georgia's uh, Senate race will have on the country. During an exclusive interview on Saturday, the Donald Trump-endorsed candidate said the balance of power in the Senate hangs on who wins the seat. There's a lot on the line now. Whoever could take over this Senate race here in Georgia between I, uh, knowing it's going to be myself against Senator uh, Warnock, uh, can get control of the Senate, Walker explained. And right now, everybody sees they're doing it, uh, sees they're doing is not working for the United States, and it's not working for Georgia. So we want to take that Senate back and get people back to work and get kids back to school where they are not going, where they are not trying to indoctrinate kids. Over the course of the interview, Walker was asked about hot button issues like inflation and rising gas prices. In response, he blasted Joe Biden for going against his campaign promise of keeping the nation energy dependent by not shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline. One of the things people got to remember is that as soon as Biden took office, he went against something he told everyone that he would not do, and that was with the pipeline, said Walker. You know, one of, one of the things he said he would not do is get rid of the pipeline. As soon as he got in the office, that was the first thing he did. Walker concluded by criticizing politicians who described him as being more reactive and than pro, uh, more reactive than proactive. The candidate said those politicians don't do their jobs and are instead more worried about getting re-elected. They have to be willing to come up with bright ideas to be proactive rea- uh, rather than reactive, he explained. I think that's a whole problem right now. We have people who come into office that have all these bright ideas when they're trying to get elected. But after they get elected, now they're worrying ab- uh, about getting elected at their next term. So they're not doing their job. Meanwhile, Walker and he's said he's ready to fight for the Peach State as Senate elections kick off in November. Next, election integrity experts are working to ensure free and fair elections this coming November. A number of analysts polled by the uh, Epoch. E-P-O-C-H, Epoch Times, 
are sounding the alarm over the fraudulent use of mail-in ballots and dirty voter rolls to influence the midterm elections. According to Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation, the American con uh, conservative think tank courts must hear from witnesses of election fraud, separately Judicial Watch, a conservative foundation that fights for accountability in law and politics, says Democrat officials may be using dirty voter rolls to inflate numbers for their preferred candidates. Experts say there must be a judicial procedure in place in order to prevent the pro and prevent and prosecute perpetrators of election fraud. Next, Joe Biden is trying to take a stand against Russia's Vladimir Putin. Late Monday night, the White House confirmed Biden signed an executive order aiming to impose cost on Putin. The order prohibits new investments in the, sep the separatist regions of Donetsk, Donetsk and Luhansk from the U.S. and also blocks U.S. goods from entering the area. The measure also imposes sanctions on leaders and officials operating in the Donbas region. Meanwhile, the Treasury Department is working to get humanitarian aid to residents of Donbas and to make sure Russia doesn't profit from its blatant violations of international law. Japan appears to be ready to join in on the U.S.-led sanctions on Russia. During a briefing Tuesday, Japan said it would follow the U.S. and other G7 nations in placing sanctions on Russia should there be an invasion of Ukraine. New, uh, new sanctions by the country would include a ban on semiconductor chips and tighter restrictions on Russia, Russian banks. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Ishida called on Putin to urge restraint as the crisis deepens. During the briefing, briefing, Kishida expressed his concerns over how Ukraine's situation may affect Japan's economy. His remarks came after Putin ordered troops into two breakaway regions and now recognizes them as separate states. Putin dispatched troops to rebel-held areas in eastern Ukraine while referring to them as peacekeepers. He signed an executive order to send Russian military to Donetsk and Luhansk after recognizing their sovereignty from Ukraine. Shortly after, videos circulated on social media reportedly uh, showing convoys of Russian troops entering rebel-held areas of Donbas region. This comes as thousands of Donbas residents are fleeing to Russia amid reports of artillery barrages by the Ukrainian military. Nonetheless, Putin claims Russia's goal is to restore peace and end bloodshed in Donetsk and Luhansk. I hope I'm saying those right. We demand from those who captured and hold the power in Kyiv to immediately end the combat activities, he stated. Otherwise, all responsibility for the possible continuation of the bloodshed will be entirely on the conscience of the regime ruling the territory of Ukraine. According to a Washington Post survey from last month, half of respondents in the Donbas region said it did not matter where they lived, whether in Russia or Ukraine. We will keep uh, a very close eye on that and keep you guys up to date on how that pans out. But, uh, no. On to the next. President Joe Biden's pledge to bolster America's supply chain sounds reminiscent of his predecessor. He appeared to take a page out of the 45th president's America First playbook 
On Tuesday, Biden held a meeting with several business executives, cabinet members, and California Governor Gavin Newsom to discuss the supply chain crisis plaguing the U.S. economy. Biden pledged to spend $35 million to shift processing rare earth materials to U.S. facilities and $700 million to create more than 350 jobs in the magnet supply chain by 2024. He said his goal is to bring manufacturing jobs back to America. We need a future that's made in America, Biden stated. Almost exactly a year ago, I I issued an executive order to prioritize strengthening our domestic supply chain because when I found out, uh, when I found out was that, you know, if I was going to follow through on my commitment to say we were going to make it in America and build it in America and have all of it built in America, we need a supply chain that was that uh, that was reliable. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway, he went on to say his administration is committed to combating China's hold on America's supply chain. Biden even re- reiterated Donald Trump's promise to put products on shelves that tout being made in America. China has spent several years cornered, uh, cornered the market on many of the materials that power the technologies that we rely on, Biden explained. That's why I committed us to build a clean energy supply chain stamped Made in America, and Made in America means using products, parts, and materials, as well as minerals right here that are in the United States of America. It means betting on American workers. His remarks came after Republican lawmakers sounded the alarm on America's dependence on China's supply chain as the coronavirus uh, brought these cleavages to light. In 2020, Senator Marsha Blackburn introduced the Securing America's Medicine Cabinet Act amid shortages of essential medical treatments and equipment for COVID-19. Additionally, Senator Ted Cruz claimed China cut off supply of these materials to the U.S. to further escalate the trade war with former President Trump. In the meantime, a slew of U.S. companies are joining Biden's campaign to shore up America's supply of rare earth materials. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Energy plans to make a new demonstration facility in uh, Imperial County, California, in the spring to test the viability of extracting lithium. Meanwhile, Tesla vowed to source high-grade nickel for its cars, batteries from Minnesota, uh, also Redwood uh, Materials, which is founded by Tesla co-founder J.B. Straubel, is partnering up with Ford to collect and recycle electric vehicle batteries for essential rare earth materials at Redwood's Nevada facility. So, hopefully all that helps lower prices and interest rates and all that stuff. And the, uh, you know, hopefully it helps us get back on track. But uh, we'll keep you up to date on that and how that pans out. And, uh, well, on to the next. Republican senators introduced a bill to exempt foreign truck drivers from vaccine mandates when temporarily re-entering the U.S. for business. Senator Rick Scott led the charge on Tuesday to introduce the Terminating Reckless and Unnecessary Checks Known to Erode Regular Shipping or Truckers Act. In a statement, Scott called Joe Biden's vaccine mandates ridiculous, 
He added, truckers are the lifeblood of the U.S. economy, and placing those restrictions on them will only make the ongoing, ongoing supply chain crisis worse. GOP Representative Carlos Jimenez is expected to announce a companion bill in the House later this week. Meanwhile, the first day of the People's Convoy kicked off Wednesday. Uh, and, you know, we've been keeping eyes on that. But uh, we'll keep you up to date. Hopefully, hopefully all this pans out in our supply. Everything gets unclogged and we can start getting stuff. But uh, that concludes the midweek report. I've been your host, JWR. And remember, stay informed, stay involved, keep America first. I will see you all Sunday.